Hello, and welcome to the Narrative Matters podcast, where we hear stories about experiences with the healthcare system and the people in it that highlight the important policy issues of today. I'm Jessica Bylander. Today, I'm talking to Wanda Irving, chair of the board of Dr. Shalon's Maternal Action Project and one of the authors of this month's Narrative Matters essay, which honors the life of Wanda's daughter, Dr. Shalon Irving. Shalon died in 2017 in the weeks after giving birth to her first child. Her story, which describes many instances in which her medical concerns were dismissed by her healthcare providers, brought national attention to maternal mortality among Black women in the U.S. In this essay, Wanda Irving and her co-authors remember Shalon's life and legacy. Wanda, it is wonderful to be able to speak with you today and have you read this tribute to your daughter. What was the experience like writing about her life with some of her colleagues and supporters? Did you learn things you didn't know before? It was a very bittersweet experience, um, Jess, and thank you so much for having me here today. Um, It was very, very difficult to write because it brought up so many different memories and um, times that we laughed and enjoyed life together, uh, while also um, I learned a little more about her. I knew she was fantastic because she was my daughter. But it was it was very um, heartwarming to hear the amount of love and um, just the outpouring of ad- admiration for her and how she touched so many lives. I think in the first year after I lost her, I could be walking down the street and no more than three, no less than three or four people would stop me and tell me how sorry they were for my loss, but also tell me stories of Shalon and their encounter with Shalon. And it's like, how on earth does she know so many people? And I still, to this day, five years later almost, get emails from people who say, I'm in this field because of Shalon. And I vow to do the same thing. I'm going to try to make a difference because that's what she taught me. And she was my mentor, or she was my friend, or I worked with her, or I even heard about her story. So she was just incredible. And it's every time I do something or talk about her, it's like a love letter to her. And that's kind of what I I try to see this as, because the first year I was a wreck. I, you know, I couldn't leave the house. I sat at the window every day with her baby, waiting for her to come home. I mean, I knew, of course, that she wasn't, but the heart just wouldn't accept the fact that she wasn't coming. And so at four o'clock every day, I was right there sitting at the window waiting for my daughter, of course, which never came. And as the time got later, I would spiral down into deep depression. But it was. It was just the love that I have for her that kept me going. That's beautiful. And it, it, I sh- we should mention you are raising her daughter. Um, and that's just such a wonderful gift to be able to, to do that in her absence. It's very difficult, though. It's a very, very difficult task. And it's funny because <laughs> Shalon used to always tease me when she was pregnant and she says, well, mom, you're going to be raising this one. And I was like, no, baby, I raised mine. This is yours. 
you're going to have to catch me first because I'm going to Jamaica and sit on an island right there in a rocking chair. And that's it for, that's it for me. And she, you know, it, it just didn't turn out that way. And um, her daughter is so much like her. She's just very, very headstrong, extremely smart. And she didn't know her mother, of course, because she was three weeks old when Shalon died. But it's as if she knows her mother through the memories that I share with her. Um, and we never took down any pictures. I decided to sell my condo and come and live in her house with her daughter. So everything for the first two years was exactly as she had left it. And so Soleil has grown up around the memories of her mom. Mm -hmm. And it's difficult now because at five, it's like, why do other kids have mommies and I don't? And I have to explain that story to her that, you know, families are different and your mom was taken from us, but we're, we're going to be okay. But she gets in these pensive moods like her mother did. And she'll just sit there and it's like, well, what's wrong? And it's like, well, I miss my mommy. I want to go to heaven too, so I can be with my mommy. And that just kills me. And she'll say that often. And it's not to hurt me. I know that. because It's because she misses the mother she never had. And she sees it with her friends. And she wants the same thing. How can we ensure that the momentum keeps going to, you know, to prevent this from happening and, and to make sure the issue doesn't get put on the back burner? I think it's up to each and every one of us to take the same kind of vow that Shalad did, have that same interest in rooting out inequities where you find them and, you know, not being afraid to stand up for what's right. Um, we have, I think, a duty to ourselves, to our families, to our society, not to let this continue. It's been going on for decades and it's time to stop. Shalon was saying, you know, not on my watch, no more. This has got to stop. And I think we need to do the same thing. Um, keep demanding the kinds of legislation that's going to move things, move the needle from where we are. Look at your own, your own circle of influence. See what you can do within that circle. You don't have to try to tackle the whole world. Take one inequity at a time and do what you can do to make a difference. Fund organizations like Dr. Shalon's MAP that are working on the ground to get things changed. It, it's like Michael Jackson said, it starts with the man in the mirror. We have got to take a stand. It's got to turn around. We can't allow this and the kind of equity we're losing in these lost mothers to continue. Thank you so much for joining us today. And now here's Wanda Irving reading the essay. Honoring Dr. Shalon Irving, a champion for health equity. Shalon Maureen Irving, PhD, MPH, MS, CHES, an epidemiologist with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and Lieutenant Commander in the U.S. Public Health Service Commissioned Corps, dedicated her life to understanding how structural racism, intersexuality, trauma, and violence-influenced health disparities over a lifetime. Indicative of her life's work, Jalan's bio on one of her social media pages says, I see inequity wherever it exists. I'm not afraid to call it by name. 
and work hard to eliminate it. I vowed to create a better earth. Jalan passed away unexpectedly on January 28, 2017, just three weeks after giving birth, calling national attention to one of the widest of all racial disparities in women's health, disproportionately high rates of maternal mortality among Black women in the U.S. During her career as a sociologist and public health leader, Shalon made valuable contributions to the fields of health equity and epidemiology, including her research on health disparities among racial and ethnic minorities, women's health, elder abuse, and the consequences of intimate partner violence. Since Shalon's untimely passing in 2017, her life and legacy have greatly contributed to the advancement of policies to prioritize the reduction of preventable maternal deaths in Black women, including ambitious and groundbreaking congressional legislation to address maternal health disparities. In this essay, written by Shalon's family, friends, colleagues, and supporters, we honor the lasting legacy of Shalon, a fierce champion for social justice and health equity, and we highlight the urgent need for widespread transformation of the U.S. health care system to better respond to the needs and health priorities of women, and especially Black mothers. Shalon was exceptional in so many ways. She was smart, kind, strong, and vibrant with a smile that electrified a room. She was a loyal, fiercely protective, and loving best friend to me, her mother. I cherished every moment I spent with my daughter, having already lost my two sons to illness and a tragic accident. It didn't matter whether we were traveling together around the world or if we were miles apart. Shalon and I were the closest of friends who talked every single day. If we weren't talking, we were texting, spending time together on Google Hangout, or watching television and falling asleep together while on the telephone. Mama, mama, wake up, wake up. Did you see that? No, baby, I missed it. Mama was asleep. Shalon was also my strongest supporter when I went back to school in my late 50s to pursue my master's degree. Shalon was a blessing to our whole family, but most importantly to her daughter, Soleil. Shalon and those closest to her were all proud and excited when she found out she was expecting Soleil. Shalon wanted so badly to be a mother. She had prayed for Soleil and she was a natural nurturer. Shalon's friends and close colleagues often characterized her as the perfect embodiment of black girl magic. She was a spiritually powerful and passionate queen who exuded brilliance in every one of her endeavors. She always showed up. She showed up for her friends and colleagues, and she dedicated her life to showing up for those who needed a voice or a helping hand. At times, she was very quiet and pensive, but always loving. She was intuitive, intelligent, funny, and her loved ones say a real treat to be around. She made history at age 25 by becoming the first recipient of a dual PhD in sociology and gerontology at Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana. Her published dissertation is titled More Than Sticks and Stones, 
the long-term consequences of reported childhood maltreatment. She received her second master's, a master's of public health degree at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health in Baltimore, Maryland in 2009 and completed a postdoctoral fellowship in the Kellogg Community Health Scholars Program at Morgan State University, also in Baltimore. Ending health disparities was the cause for which she gave her last full measure of devotion. Her scholarly focus centered on elucidating under-acknowledged public health problems, particularly health disparities that result from combined experiences of discrimination and oppression due to social factors such as race, class, and gender. The scholarly framework was first termed intersectionality in 1989 by Kimberly Crenshaw. During her time as an epidemiologist with the CDC's Division of Violence Prevention, Shalon used her voice to fight for health equity by exposing hidden gaps in public health. She intuitively saw structures, systems of relationships, and social dimensions of public health problems that went unnoticed by many others. She used her unique vision to call attention to situations unseen, to life experiences undescribed, and to struggles unwitnessed. Notably, her scholarship on housing, food insecurity, and hypertension, violence-related trauma among Black youth and young adults, child maltreatment, intimate partner violence, and elder abuse help shed light on these complex issues in nuanced and thoughtful ways. There's no mistaking the difference Shalon made in helping to shape a more equitable future for Black girls and women. She saw their value and vulnerabilities, and she was determined to address unmet needs to help level the playing field. Her consulting firm, Inclusivity Standard, was developed to empower girls from disadvantaged backgrounds to prepare for college and to enable businesses and schools to embrace inclusivity. During her time working as a fellow with Sisters Together and Reaching, Inc., known as STAR, Shalon used her training as a certified health education specialist to engage with teenage girls living with HIV in Baltimore to better understand their sexual and emotional health and their relationships with adults, especially their mothers or female guardians. She was compassionate and relatable in her interactions worked to help teenagers re-engage with their birth mothers and helped identify stable housing for young women who were pregnant. She championed those who didn't have a voice and promoted the use of community-based participatory approaches, such as photo voice, to document social determinants of health disparities for young Black women. Delon suffered a sudden cardiac arrest at her home on the night of January 24, 2017 just 21 days after giving birth to her daughter and only six short hours after returning home from yet another visit to our medical providers, during which she was in distress and pleaded with them to help her. On this visit, her concerns were dismissed as they had been several times. It didn't matter that Shalon had a dual PhD. It didn't matter that she had an MPH from the top-ranked school of public health in the world. 
It made no difference that she was a lieutenant commander in the U.S. Public Health Service, was an officer in the world-renowned Epidemic Intelligence Service, was a highly respected epidemiologist at the CDC, and was president of her own consulting firm. She was still a Black woman. Let's be abundantly clear. The medical community is failing Black mothers in the U.S. For decades, Black women have been dismissed, ignored, and disregarded, or at the very least, they have not been taken seriously in their interactions with the healthcare system. It's not uncommon for Black women to report experiences of racism and discrimination by medical providers. This racism may be blatantly overt or covertly subtle, but make no mistake, it exists. The three short weeks that followed her daughter's birth should have been filled with joy, happiness, and improving health status for Shalad. Instead, her general health declined and she suffered from dangerously high blood pressure. Her legs swelled. She had decreased urine output in the last week of her life and she gained nine pounds in 10 days. She had severe headaches. She expressed to her doctor that something was wrong. Despite frequent visits to her health providers, her complaints were not adequately addressed and were routinely dismissed with, it's to be expected, you just had a baby, give it time. With her education and professional training, Shalon could articulate her concerns very clearly, yet her concerns and cries for help were minimized and dismissed. Journalists' inquiries into her story later confirmed a string of missed opportunities to take her case more seriously. What could explain this? We believe it was due to the covert bias of her providers. This bias, fueled by structural racism, is the root cause of disparities in healthcare. This bias caused Shalon to be one of the statistics for maternal health deaths in 2017. Ultimately, her death was attributed to complications from postpartum high blood pressure. As a result, I lost my best friend. Soleil lost her mother and all of the relationship possibilities that could have existed between the two of them, and the world lost a fierce champion for health equity. Our healthcare system failed Shalon, a brilliant scholar who dedicated her life's work to the mission of public health. More egregious is that what happened to Shalon is happening to Black women across the U.S. at alarming rates. According to CDC data, in 2019, the maternal mortality rate was 44 per 100,000 live births for non-Hispanic Black mothers compared to 17.9 per 100,000 live births for non-Hispanic white women. Multiple factors contribute to preventable maternal deaths, including inequity in healthcare access and quality of care, underlying chronic conditions, structural racism, and bias. To allow the system that permits these inequities to persist unchecked is unconscionable. How do we eradicate disparities in maternal mortality? It is long past time that leaders in all sectors take steps to transform the healthcare system status quo. The first step must be acknowledging the failure of the inherent design of the healthcare system itself, 
a complex system that is primarily funded by the treatment of illness versus disease prevention. And it's also incredibly difficult to navigate with major gaps in continuity of care and little accommodation of patients' diverse demands and needs. The next step requires taking responsibility and owning that failure. The most important step is actively taking the necessary actions to right the wrongs created by that failure. We must confront the racism and differential treatment that exists in healthcare. We must trust Black women and the Black scholars, researchers, and clinicians who champion evidence-based solutions. The nature of Shalon's untimely and tragic death galvanized public health leaders, policy makers, health providers, researchers, educators, and media personnel to collectively illuminate the urgency of addressing Black maternal mortality. The tragic truth of her death is that if this can happen to Shalon, it can happen to anyone. She was a highly educated and well-respected public health expert with excellent health insurance and a strong social support system who lived in one of the wealthiest countries in the world. As a consequence, her life and passing inspired unprecedented national attention and the allocation of new resources devoted to research and practice reform of black, around Black maternal health. The creation of national policies aimed at reducing maternal disparities the development of curricular content and execution of academic forums attempting to distill the fundamental root causes of disparity in Black maternal mortality, and the publication of high-profile news stories that delve into her life. Inspired by the tragic death of her friend Shalon, Representative Lauren Underwood co-founded and co-chairs with Representative Alma Adams the Black Maternal Health Caucus of the House of Representatives to elevate the Black maternal health crisis and advance policy solutions to improve maternal health outcomes. Congresswoman Underwood and other members of the Black Maternal Health Caucus introduced the Black Maternal Health Momnibus Act of 2021 to address inequities in housing, nutrition, and transportation as well as racial bias in the treatment of pregnant women, improve data collection, and bolster maternal mental health resources. The legislation, which comprises 12 separate bills, recognizes that comprehensive solutions are needed to address the multifaceted and multidimensional causes of poor maternal health outcomes and maternal health disparities. It emphasizes the significance of leadership of community organizations and people of color in those solutions. And it would establish new grant programs for community-based organizations and public health departments to address unique social determinants of health needs in their communities, such as housing, transportation, and nutrition. The legislation would also provide new grant funding to community-based organizations working to improve maternal health outcomes and promote equity through support for pregnant and postpartum people with maternal mental health conditions and substance abuse disorders. Critically, the Momnibus legislation would provide new funding to study and implement trainings on bias, racism, and discrimination 
for all employees in maternal care settings, as well as new funding to establish respectful maternity care compliance programs in hospitals. The legislation would invest in diversifying and growing the maternal health workforce, including nurses, physician assistants, doulas, and other perinatal health workers who can provide culturally congruent care to women of color. The Bombibus Act would also improve data collection and quality measures to better understand maternal mortality and morbidity. In November 2021, one bill within the Bombibus Act, the Protecting Moms Who Served Act of 2021, which addresses maternal health among veterans, was signed into law by President Joe Biden. In addition, all eligible provisions of the Momnibus Act were included in the House draft of the Build Back Better Act, totaling approximately $1 billion in new funding, predominantly for Black mothers. Alongside the Build Back Better Act requirements for state Medicaid programs to provide 12 months of continuous coverage for postpartum women, these policies would represent our country's largest ever investment in maternal health. The long story was also one of the influences for calls for systemic changes regarding funding allocation and research priorities in federal and state institutions. Recently, the National Institutes of Health, CDC, and Health Resources and Services Administration have increased funding to support much needed research on the constellation of factors influencing black maternal mortality. In addition, several states have sought and the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services has granted Section 1115 waivers to allow continuous postpartum Medicaid coverage of up to one year extending the 60-day coverage period required by statute. The American Rescue Plan Act of 2021 further enabled states to use state plan amendments in addition to Section 1115 waivers to accomplish some of these objectives. In 2020, the Surgeon General released a call to action to improve maternal health. Shalon's story has had an enduring effect on the ways in which public health and medical educators characterize Black maternal health. The commissioned core of the U.S. Public Health Service and the Epidemic Intelligence Service at the CDC have established awards to honor Shalon's lifelong commitment to advancing health equity. Her friends, family members, and colleagues who were members of the Epidemic Intelligence Service instituted the Shalon M. Irving Health Equity Award to ensure that her dedication and passion for addressing stru structural inequity live on in future generations of public health professionals. In addition, educators have included the details of her pregnancy and subsequent death as a case study when examining the broader systemic failures in the delivery of healthcare for pregnant Black women in the U.S including in the 2019 Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health's Fierce Urgency of Now Symposium, which memorializes Shalon as a scholar, health equity leader, daughter, and friend, 
academic grand rounds held at the School of Medicine and Public Health around the nation, and scholarly pieces from the Harvard School of Public Health and the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. These efforts have been aided by high-profile news coverage about the circumstances surrounding Shalon's death, as well as features and documentaries about maternal mortality in Black women, including the forthcoming Listen to Me documentary. Her story was covered extensively in articles published by ProPublica and NPR and served as a lens through which a mainstream audience came to a deeper understanding of the unique struggles confronting Black pregnant women. Her story was also featured in CBS News, Chicago Magazine, USA Today, and Time Magazine. In the nonprofit sector, I joined forces with several of Shalon's friends and CDC colleagues to found Dr. Shalon's Maternal Action Project. This organization is devoted to eliminated preventable deaths in Black mothers by engaging stakeholders along every part of the public health and public care spectrum. Organization leaders also actively work with legislators to promote accountability measures and bills focused on improvements in the postpartum period. The organization is also working on a feature-length documentary film about the lessons learned and legacy of Shalon. Dr. Shalon's Maternal Action Project is also spearheading a community-based project designed to redefine quality of medical care for Black women and has created an anonymous peer support app called Believe Her to provide a platform for Black mothers to share their experiences, benefit from peer-to-peer -peer support, and develop and promote evidence-based strategies that improve health outcomes for Black birthing people and families. Believe Her was officially launched at the 2021 Black Maternal Health Conference and is a part of a growing movement in advocacy and technology by Black women to support Black mothers, challenge structural racism, and save lives. Shalon's life and passing fundamentally shifted public and policy discourse on maternal health, disparities, and the pressing need to acknowledge and address systemic racism as a root cause of racial disparities in maternal health outcomes. Although her death underlies how racism erodes the protective benefits that educational attainment and higher socioeconomic status typically confer for birthing people, the collective efforts of loved ones, colleagues, and policymakers are a testament to the impact of her steadfast commitment to health equity and social justice. It is our hope that Shalon will be remembered not only for how she left this life, but also, and more important, for the luminous warmth and clarity that she blessed us with in her short time on this earth. Shalon's light, her brilliance, made the world a warmer and brighter place. It burns on in the minds and hearts of those whom she touched and through her scholarly work. May it always be instilled in Soleil that she had a strong foundation from conception to delivery, knowing that as she arrives into her youth and eventually her womanhood, she can be whatever she desires to be. May she always know that she has a legendary mother and a loving, devoted grandmother 
who in the urgency of now would encourage her to advocate for those who cannot advocate for themselves. That was Wanda Irving reading her essay, honoring Dr. Shalon Irving, a champion for health equity. Thanks for listening to the Health Affairs Narrative Matters podcast. If you like this episode, tell a friend and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.